It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder. Your daily podcast on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Thunder Podcast. I'm your host, Carson Cunningham. Back from a bit of a college football hiatus. I work for KOCO TV in Oklahoma City and been covering a ton of Oklahoma and Oklahoma State football. I am back, though, from Iowa. Triumphant over the dreary weather. And of course, we got some Thunder basketball to talk about here. I do apologize for the lack of episodes, but uh, things are looking much better on the Thunder side of things, aren't they? It was doom and gloom. They had lost four in a row, including losses to the Sacramento Kings and the Denver Nuggets. It looked like they're going to dismantle the team, cancel basketball in Oklahoma City. People were losing their minds. And and let's be honest, I thought the Thunder looked obviously bad, which... I knew there would be growing pains. I've said all along they'd probably be 500 the first month of the season, but never did I expect them to be just flat-out awful, which they were during that four-game losing streak. But they get two nice wins, one over the Clippers at home on Friday, and then obviously Sunday against the Dallas Mavericks, they get another win. Two two wins obviously are important, but you know Dallas is awful. But nice win over the Clippers, but uh, really the thing that's really set the thing back in motion for the Oklahoma City Thunder is – Paul George playing like an all-star. That solves a lot of issues for this team. That To me, that has been the biggest issue so far this season for the Thunder is their big guys hadn't shot the ball well. And it seemed as if they were kind of misusing Paul George. It seemed like he was playing like a spot-up shooter. They were just running him off picks and he was taking uh, long twos and threes and wasn't really playing like Paul George, essentially. And obviously that, that goes hand-in-hand with playing with new guys or whatever, but after they lost to the Sacramento Kings, they had a players-only meeting, and in that meeting, basically, Russell and Carmelo went to Paul George and were like, dude, you're Paul George. Like, play like the perennial all-star that you are. Like, that's what we need out of you, is to play like a superstar, and he's done that the last two games, and obviously, just the third time in George's career, he scored 35 points in back-to-back games. That That's pretty telling, and uh, yeah, I think... 
the Thunder have a, have had a lot of issues with their bench, with a lot of um, you know lack of rebounding, poor free throw shooting. So they've had a lot of issues, but by far their biggest issue is Paul George and and Russell at times have not played like you know top ten, top fifteen players in the league. I think Carmelo's done pretty well offensively. You could argue that Carmelo's bogged down the offense certainly. You know, there's a lot of you know. A lot of talk here locally in Oklahoma City. Are the Thunder better without Carmelo? Would, would they be better had they not made that trade with Ennis Cantor, who's you know tearing it up in New York, which he knew he would. He's an elite rebounder, an elite scorer. And Doug McDermott shooting from three pretty well in New York. Would they be better without Carmelo and those two guys? I, I think that's going a bit far. I think that's going a little hindsighty. I think the NBA drastically changes come playoff time. We've seen that every single year. Uh, Ennis Cantor can't really be played in the playoffs when it comes down to possession-by-possession basketball, half-court offense, half-court defense. He's really been limited against teams that can stretch the floor, and they're going to see a lot of those teams in the playoffs. So I definitely would still have made the trade for Carmelo. They weren't going to play Doug McDermott. I mean, you're seeing how little Alex Abrinas is playing, which we'll get to. But it's not like they were going to play Doug McDermott big minutes this year anyway. So I, I still would make that trade, and I still think they'll be better ultimately with Carmelo. But... They have looked a little more free-flowing on offense with him sitting out with a back injury. I guess he's still out, uh, or he's questionable for the Chicago Bulls, and Steven Adams probably not going to play with that calf injury. So injuries already becoming a bit of an issue early in the season, which I think Carmelo is just being held out because he's a 14-year veteran in the league. I don't, I don't think he has a serious back injury. He was out doing public appearances, lifting boxes and stuff, uh, helping out the, the kids around Oklahoma City, so I don't... I don't think his back is like chronically injured by any means, but uh, but yeah, more than anything, I think Paul George playing like a superstar is, has can right a lot of wrongs, obviously. And uh, interesting thing about Paul George is, you know, ever since he's gotten Oklahoma City, he's been doing a lot of fishing. You know, he's a big fisherman, which there's a lot of lakes and ponds around Oklahoma City. If you've never been here, a lot of good fishing, and um, he did a, a local event here in Oklahoma City, a fishing event with some some kids from Oklahoma City. And, you know, every time he opens his mouth about anything, people are going to read too much into it. it. It reminds me a lot of Kevin Durant's free agency year. Anytime he said anything, people would draw conclusions. Oh, he's leaving. Oh, he's staying. He's staying forever. And I think we're already starting to see that with Paul George. You know, he said uh, earlier this season, he said, you know, he came here to win championships, plural, and of course everyone just runs with that. Uh, and at this fishing event, he said, "I'm here to uh, I'm I'm be out here fishing for summers, or, or I'm going to be looking for." I, I'm misquoting him here, but basically he said, "I'm looking forward to being back out here this summer fishing in Oklahoma," which would indicate that he'd be staying this summer and and re- resigning with Oklahoma City. So. Paul George was asked about this, and he says, quote, I'm so used to that type of chatter being in Indiana, the whole L.A. thing. I've been used to that, so it doesn't get to me. At the end of the day, it's my decision. I've always been happy where I'm at and what decision I make, so I'm happy. Put it like that. I'm happy. <laughs> it's November 15th, and we're already people are already drawing conclusions on what Paul George is going to do. But I thought that was interesting. I thought it's interesting that he's into fishing. I don't know if Oklahoma has better fishing scenes than, than L.A. or uh, any other of the free agent markets he would want to test. But I do know they have some good fishing here, and he could probably build a mansion out on uh, you know, Lake Tenkill or up in Tulsa. Lake, uh, Lake Arcadia and Edmond probably wouldn't want to build one there. It's not that great of a lake, but uh, Lake Texoma maybe. 
I'm not sure. I'm not a big fisherman myself, but uh, plenty of fishing holes around, around Oklahoma City. But uh, Thunder back in action tonight against the Bulls. Obviously, it's the Bulls. Worst, worst team in the league. One of, if not the worst team in the league. They blew them out of the water the first time they played them this season. And really, it's the Chicago Bulls of infinite sadness. Like, one of the perennial franchises, one of the preeminent franchises in the NBA has just fallen on completely hard times. Obviously, Garpax, their uh, management team, has done a horrific job uh, building a franchise, building a team. Really, the Dwayne Wade debacle, bringing him in, did not work. They they hire um, Fred Hoiberg, who I loved in college. I thought he's a really good college basketball mind. Really, his teams play the NBA style of basketball with layups and three pointers. I thought he would be a great hire and. He certainly didn't sign on for this when he decided to be the Chicago Bulls head coach, but I think he has management to blame. They've just built a terrible roster. And then they they uh, draft Jordan Bell, who I loved, out of Oregon, and then they basically just sell him to the Warriors for cash. Like, I don't know what they're doing, but they, they've become just a horrible, horrible franchise in the NBA. It's kind of sad because the Bulls are, you know, one of the name marquee franchises and Obviously, Sam Presti fleeced them last year for the Cameron Payne trade. They they gave up Cameron Payne, Anthony Morrow, Joffrey Laverne, and get back Taj Gibson, who they went to war with in the playoffs, and Doug McDermott, who ended up being a key piece to get uh, Carmelo Anthony. And they got a pick. The Thunder got a pick back from Chicago for all that. So it's just feel bad for Bulls fans. Um, Thunder should win tonight pretty easily, and um, just kind of sad state of affairs for the Chicago Bulls. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Let's get to the Thunder stock report. This is kind of stock up and stock down for certain players. Let's begin with uh, Alex Abrinas, who I talked up all offseason, who was going to have a a special season. And really, his stock is down. Um, Can't really seem to find his footing. Uh, Really can't seem to find a carved out a legit role in a given game. His, His minutes have really fluctuated this season, but... I think one way to get his stock back up, and I know the Thunder probably won't do this for whatever reason they they are set with their starting lineups, but why not for a two- or three-game span just throw him in the starting lineup alongside the big three? I think every time we've seen Alex Abrinas with Russell Westbrook, it's it's been uh, much better for him and much better for for Russell Westbrook. Uh, The numbers say so. You know, when Alex Abrinas is on the floor with Russell Westbrook, Russell's a 47% shooter. When he's not, he's a 39% shooter. That just shows you the the space. Uh, Paul George, even greater gap between that. Paul George, uh, without a Brennis on the floor, he shoots 37%. With them, he shoots 50. 
So again, I know Abrinas' defense is is not good. I mean, he they he gets exposed on the defensive end several several times a game when he's out there. But if you're going to have him on the team and you're going to utilize him, I think you need to play him with some better lineups. And I know Andre Robertson uh, brings a lot of defense, but I think with with Paul George on out on the floor, I think you can sacrifice a little bit of that defense and put Alex Abrinas out there, but. Abrinas hasn't done much this season. Uh, his minutes have waned. He, he hasn't he hasn't really made a splash this season at all. So I think his stock is down. But again, I'm not giving up on the guy. He's just really slow start and, and a start I really didn't see coming because I, I think his talent is just immense. He's athletic, at least offensively. And uh, he, he brings an element to the team they don't have a lot of, which is three-point shooting. So Alex Abrinas' stock down, but I think he can come up if he's utilized a little more properly. Uh, stock up is a guy who had a bit of a slow start in Patrick Patterson. He's playing much better lately. And again, he had a knee injury coming into this season. Seemed to have started really slow. Couldn't find his three-point shot. Really wasn't having the impact on the offensive end or the defensive end that we kind of expected. But he's playing really well lately. Bringing some of that defense off the bench. You know, He was kind of expected to be a starter until they brought in Carmelo. And he hadn't, it seemed that he was on a bit of a minutes restriction too because he had only played over 20 or more than 20 minutes one time this season before the Dallas Mavericks game. That was against Milwaukee. He played 25 minutes against Dallas, seven points, four rebounds, one of three from three. Solid, not spectacular. That's what you expect out of Patrick Patterson. So I think he's been much better lately and a guy that Billy Donovan can call off the bench to play some defense and knock down some threes. Um, so his stock is definitely up and, uh, Andre Robertson stock down again. I, I don't want to beat up on Andre. He is what he is offensively, but we know what he brings on the defensive end. But for me, this is more of just strategy wise. You saw against the Dallas Mavericks, Rick Carlisle called for the hack on Andre and Billy Donovan got him out of there as quick as humanly possible before he called timeout before they could do it. And that's something that's going to be an issue with, with Andre Robertson as far as keeping him on the floor. In a tight game, if a team decides to go to the hack and Andre, you got to get him out of there. And you know, he's only he played 28 minutes against Dallas, 26 against the Clippers. Again, this is a guy we thought would be playing 35 minutes a game. And he's playing well below that. I mean, he's playing mostly 20 minutes a game. It's increased the last month. But uh, for me, it's, it's not beating up on his three-point shooting. That is what it is. Um, he hasn't made one in a while. He's 0 for 3, 4. He's 0 for his last 4. Uh, hasn't made one since uh, November 5th. But again, it's not. It's not the stock down is not for any of that, those reasons. It's for the simple fact that if they start doing the hack and Andre, you got to get him out of there. And I think a viable alternative for that, whose stock is up, is Josh Eustace. My boy Josh Eustace out here hitting threes. He knocked down three of them against the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Again, I don't think he's a spectacular player offensively. He's a solid defensive player. I don't mean to make him out what, to be something he's not. But what he is and what he's proving to be is a guy who can play defense and hit open threes. He went three of seven from Dallas against Dallas. Went one of one against the Clippers. Uh, played 22 minutes against Dallas. Two steals, nine points. I like what I see every time this guy gets a chance to play. I've said it time and time again. When he's given an opportunity, he impresses. Now, does he 
fly off the TV screen? Does he fly off the floor and just say, oh my gosh, this guy's, the Thunder need to pay this guy. No, but if he's going to hit open threes, Thunder should, Thunder have to play him. I mean, it, that's just some, that's a fact of life. I mean, because uh, Andre Robertson's not hitting threes. Alex Abrinas is struggling. But uh, Josh Houston's given them a very viable option off the bench, and I, I was really impressed with him against Dallas. And once again, just proves that when given a chance, he's uh, he's a viable NBA basketball player. Uh, stock up. How about Kyle Singler? Yes, Kyle Singler off the bench. He took off the suit, put on the uniform. He played two minutes and had two points, one of one. Stock up for Kyle Singler. Maybe they can trade him away now. Maybe his stock is just through the roof to where they can trade him. That's a little tongue-in-cheek, but uh, Kyle Singler did play. I think Royce Young tweeted out that he's, like, top five in the league in PER because he's, like, one of one and hit his only shot of the, the season. So, so for one time only, uh, Kyle Singler stock up uh, for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And uh, I mentioned the Carmelo injury and the uh, Steven Adams injury. We'll, we'll have to see if they play against Chicago. Again, I, I don't think they'll force it because it is Chicago. And uh, one last thing before we go. How about our boy Ennis Cantor and, and uh, LeBron James getting into it? Was that not spectacular? And again, I I understand like where LeBron was coming from with this. He was he was talking up Dennis Smith Jr., the electric point guard from Dallas Mavericks, who's a rookie, and said the Knicks should have drafted him. So of course everyone just says that's a slide against the the rookie that they did draft, who got into it with LeBron. But uh, props to Dennis Cantor for standing up for his teammate. You know he took a lot of heat for not standing up for for Russell Westbrook last year with the Zaza Pachulia incident, which. I maintain that Ennis didn't see it. He was under the basket, and by the time he turns around and sees everything, he didn't even he didn't see Zaza deck him. He just saw Zaza standing near Russell, who was on the floor. It's not like he knew what had happened. So I I gave him the benefit of the doubt on that. But he stood up for his team, and you can see that the Knicks fans are just going to fall in love with this guy, just like the Oklahoma City fans did as well, just because he. He knows how to play to a crowd. He knows the right things to say. And he uh, he called out LeBron, said, uh, king, queen, princess, whatever you call yourself, you're not going to punk us. So, uh, oh, I miss Ennis. He was such a good dude and a lot of fun to watch. And the Thunder, let's be honest, they miss his rebounding. They Thunder forever have been one of the top three or four rebounding teams in the league. And since they've given up Ennis, they've fallen off a cliff rebounding-wise. Um, so that's that's been an issue. And he certainly would have helped in that department, but uh, 
good to see Ennis endearing himself to the the New York City crowd, and and he's he's been really good too. You knew he would be. I mean, I I predicted he would average about twenty and ten out there in in New York. That's the type of player he is, and I think we'll always look back on his tenure in Oklahoma City and wonder why that guy didn't get more minutes. We know he's not a good defender, but there's plenty of guys in the league that don't play any defense that are tremendous offensive players. And I've always said he puts more on the table as a whole than he takes off. So it's it's going to be fun to watch him thrive in New York, and I'll always wonder why they didn't play him more here in Oklahoma City. So again, Thunder play the Bulls tonight. We'll have a full recap uh, on Locked on Thunder uh, either tonight or tomorrow, recapping the game and talking all about it. Again, this is the Locked on Thunder podcast. Please rate and subscribe on uh, iTunes. Subscribe on Megaphone. Do all those good things that only help the podcast. And again, I'm Carson Cunningham, your host. Talk to you later. members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.